Crazy question. Ever considered farming insects? Well, according to a World Bank report, farming insects can play a vital role in both food security and climate-smart agriculture. And this week, we share a guide to farming insects for food and feed. Farmers are encouraged to diversify their agribusinesses to thrive. But often the answer lies beyond farming. And this week, Jackie Taylor, Chief Executive Officer of Agritourism South Africa, joins us to share advice for new farmers. And our book of the week is Get Out of Your Mind by Luyanda Mpalwa and Klaus Doppler. And not to forget about our farmer tip of the week comes from Citrus Growers Association CEO, Justin Chadwick. This is Farmers Inside Track, supported by Food from Zanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey, I'm Zanzi, and welcome to episode 110 of Food from Zanzi's podcast called Farmers Inside Track. If you're new to South Africa's most downloaded farmers podcast, I'm Dornumdu, the editor for audience and engagement at Foodform Zanzi. And of course, I couldn't do it without my co-host and Foodform Zanzi's head of news, Duncan Masiwa. <laughs> mocha, mocha, Don. Listen, you'll have to pinch me. Are we seriously at the end of January 2022 already? How time flies when you're certainly having fun. But let me not hold out any longer to our listeners. I know you're excited to get the show on the road. So first up, that promised guide to farming insects for food and feed. Nicole Ludov chats to Lowell Scar, who's the founder and CEO of Number Group, an insect protein company. Thank you so much, Dawn and Duncan. Lowell, can you tell us how you ended up in insect farming? During my master's, I did a study on the use of insects to control invasive plant species. That sort of alerted me to the opportunity of the insect industry as a whole. When I finished my studies, Towards the end of my master's, when I had the opportunity to start the PhD, I decided that I wanted to start a business. On the side, I'm a fellow of the Adam Gray Orbis Foundation, and they've got a strong focus on entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial mindset development. And so I'd sort of gotten really into this idea and space of being an entrepreneur. So I figured, well, here's an entrepreneurial opportunity. Let me do something in the insect space. And so I looked at a couple of different options, producing crickets, producing termites, mealworms and ended up landing on the production of black soldier fly larvae for animal feed because it solves a number of problems. What are some of the benefits or rewards of insect farming? Firstly, recycles or brings back into the food system food that would otherwise be wasted, so sent to landfill or similar, composted. So it brings out nutrients or keeps them in the food system as a form of feed and it also then replaces the need for alternative unsustainable proteins like soya, which is largely imported from South America and all the Americas, where it's often grown on land that used to be Amazon rainforest and pampas, as well as then replace the need for fish meal as a protein source, which is highly unsustainable as well, essentially catching wild fish to feed farm fish. Doesn't make sense. Do you have any tips for aspiring insect farmers? Be brave, be bold, start. Make a start, be willing to learn, be realistic about the fact that it's going to be tough and that you're going to probably fail along the way, not just once, many times. You have to be resilient. You have to keep your head down and just keep going if that's something that you want because not everything comes easy. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But if you really want, you just got to push forward and work towards achieving that. The way that we are seeing this industry, it's a low value, high volume market. 
you know, we're trying to make feed more affordable in our market. And because of that, trying to assist with overall food prices and accessibility for consumers. So consider what is the lowest cost way that you can go about something. Do it as cheap as possible. Don't do it badly, but do it as affordably as possible so that you can pass that then onto your onto your consumers who in turn can pass it on to their consumers. Thanks, Nicole. And great having you, Lal Scar, founder and CEO of Number Group, an insect protein company. Next up, farmers are encouraged to diversify their agribusinesses to thrive. But often the answers lies beyond farming. And this week, Jackie Taylor, the chief executive of Agritourism South Africa, joins us to share some advice to new farmers. Jackie, globally, we now well adjusted to our new COVID-19 lifestyles. What's your take on its impact on agritourism in Mzanzi? The impact of COVID on the lifestyles of South Africa is very good for agritourism and rural tourism experiences. We've seen an increase in bookings, an increase in inquiries, but I think we need to also bear in mind that there have been a lot of retrenchments and economically South Africans have had to either take a decrease in salary or they've in some other financial predicament because of the impact of COVID on the business environment. So that means that people have less money to spend on traveling. I think there are also other costs that were probably unexpected, like the cost of diesel, for example. Petrol and diesel costs are really high in South Africa comparatively. Yes, overall, the impact of COVID has certainly helped highlight the rural tourism and agritourism cause. Now you're adamant, and I quote that, Agritourism should benefit all, not just the wine and canopy crowd. What's your take on this, especially around rural development and improving the lives of farming communities, which, you know, include farmers and agri-workers? I am dismayed at the lack of interest and the lack of action taken by tourism bodies and the various governmental and provincial departments on rural tourism and agro-tourism. It's really unacceptable that we're still in a position where a lot of these tourism associations keep talking about beaches and hotels and really more of the same. I also do believe that there are a number of different activities in rural areas that are simply, I'm not sure whether the tourism authorities have actually been into rural areas to see what the different experiences are. But I can say that there's a lack of knowledge and there's ignorance. The type of work I do, I don't actually see many other people, particularly from public bodies or associations, which is sad because farm workers in particular would benefit if rural tourism was encouraged because then they could actually earn additional income by doing various things. It doesn't have to be big initiatives that come out of rural tourism. It can just be baking bread, making jams and selling them to tourists in the accommodation venues on the farm. 
So it's surprising for me that rural tourism and agritourism is not taken seriously in South Africa. And that is reality. I'm on the ground and I don't see any action being taken or very little. Everybody is very vocal in terms of saying, oh, Jackie, that's fantastic. You know, you go, 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 go. But it's all talk. <laughs> there's no action or there's certainly since 2016, everything I've done, I've had to do financially from my own budget and from my own income resources. So I think we've got to stop talking in South Africa when we talk about rural tourism, agritourism, and really these associations, they need to start doing. And I'm sorry I'm so adamant about this, but I really do have the experience now of six years being on the ground and not seeing anything but words coming from government, provincial government and tourism authorities. So yes, I'm quite happy to actually speak about this and to keep on talking about wine tourism. And, and I know the money that has gone into promoting wine tourism and that money could have been spent on rural tourism initiatives that offered different experiences. Wine tourism around the world is well established. It's not going to attract the young, adventurous, innovative travelers. They want to do something new, something different. And at the moment with COVID, they are the people who are actually traveling. We really need to rethink and come up with a strategy, come up with an action plan, not just these endless strategic plans that end up in filing cabinets. I mean, we've had rural tourism plan in 2004 that wasn't even implemented by government. So then we have people talking 2014 and more people talking 2016, more people talking 2018. So now I actually would like to put the question to the tourism minister and to the tourism associations. What is actually being done on the ground to assist people in rural areas to be involved in the tourism chain? Now, last year, Agritourism South Africa won the Global Agritourism Award for introducing agritourism into Africa. How did winning this award change the game for your organization? The award was very good for our profile internationally from a agritourism South Africa perspective. So in other words, we very well respected and have been acknowledged internationally for the work we do and for initiating the concept. You know, the whole purpose behind agritourism is not for us to own it, to show other people what can be done. And in the absence of government and tourism associations, I've really had to do this off my own initiative. And it's really hard work. And it takes a lot of resources to be able to deliver what in other countries governments are delivering or tourism associations are delivering. We're very respected internationally, whether it is URAC, that's obviously attached to the EU, or it's in Vermont and the USA's agritourism associations, or really around the world. So I get contacted from right through from New Zealand agritourism, right through to Canadian agritourism, Sri Lanka, Philippines. 
So there's a lot of respect for the work we are doing. However, the respect is internationally and the acknowledgement is not national or local. And finally, what are your five tips for farmers to consider opportunities beyond farming? Yes, there are definitely very simple things that one can do to start off rural tourism initiatives or agritourism initiatives on your farms. I think the first point I want to make is that no farmer farms with 100% of the land. So there always is land available, even if it's a small piece that can be made available for agritourism experiences. The second point I want to actually highlight is that accommodation does not have to be part of an agritourism experience. It can be the selling of local produce. It can be the educational side, how you grow vegetables, what type of herbs people can grow at home, cooking courses. So for people who who think, okay, we've got to invest in accommodation, you really don't have to invest in accommodation. Actually, there's quite a bit of accommodation about. The third point I'd like to actually mention is to work together. Farmers need to work together. And even if a committee is formed of the farmer's family, it can be the farm workers' families, the ladies who actually take the initiative and work together. Rwanda is quite a good example of how rural communities work together in cooperatives from a rural tourism perspective and an agritourism perspective. And they get a lot of government support because it employs and provides additional income to families that are on farms. So working together and coming up maybe with a route where one person is doing jams or showing people how to make jams, another farm is showing how to grow vegetables. The whole thing is really to work together. The most often question that I get asked by farmers is, look, I'm farming, so I don't have time. Well, yes, I totally understand that. I come from a farming family where my dad was a farm manager. Even then, in the 70s, he started initiatives on the farm to make sure that the woman on the farm could earn additional income. So it doesn't have to be the farmer himself, but he or she can actually be responsible for creating a cooperative or just a committee. And then those people on the committee or in the cooperative, run the business and then also earn the income. So I think there's huge potential there. I would also encourage people who go the rural tourism and agritourism route to work together to brand their produce. So branding of produce is very important from the public's perspective because the public remembers names. So when they go home, wherever home is, and they want to say, Claire really produces the most amazing raspberry jam or grape, uh, moss confet. They really would like to mention the name so that other people, when they go along a similar route or the same route, obviously in this case, can actually try and find the moss confet by the brand name.
So branding is important. Put it in the name of the farm or the name of the cooperative or the name of the committee. Just remember, it must be marketing friendly. People must be able to pronounce the brand's name, but that is important. The fifth point that I'd like to make is write down the names. Have a visitor's book or ensure that you get the name of the person who has visited and their contact details. So if they won't give the cell phone number, then get an email address. But build a database because databases are part of the assets of a cooperative or company or rural tourism business. So you need to think of rural tourism and agritourism as a business. It's not a hobby. It's not something that can be done in two months of the year. If you're serious about agritourism, view it as a business and make sure that you start small, start simply, do not overinvest. And there's always, even on the website, there's always information available as to how you start an agritourism business. So I've written a lot of articles and done a lot of interviews on this. So if you're not sure how to start a rural tourism business or agritourism business, you can just go on the website and then make some notes. Of course, you're also welcome to contact me. Thanks for joining us, Jackie Taylor. She is, of course, the Chief Executive of Agritourism South Africa. Before we let you go, next up, our book of the week as chosen by farmers is Get Out of Your Mind by Luanda Mpalwa and Klaus Doppler. The authors combine decades of professional knowledge and experience as individuals and as a team to provide critical insight into a changing world. Food Form Zanzi's co-founder and editor-in-chief, Ivor Price, reviews this book for us. Thanks, Don and Duncan. So it turns out Christmas gifts can be very beneficial. Get Out of Your Mind is a must-read book containing many lessons on embracing differences from Zanzi and beyond. It's all about dynamic change management, written by a Robben Island freedom fighter who later had a great career as an architect in Berlin. In many ways, it's a how-to guide for South African businesses, organizational leaders, for entrepreneurs such as myself, on how to manage diverse people in ways that's most beneficial for all, in ways that can actually meet business objectives, ways that can move both the organization and the country forward. The authors combine decades of professional knowledge and experience as individuals and as a team to ultimately provide critical insights into a changing world. They then use their shared experiences in South Africa and in Germany to present practical tools, tools you can use for managing change and transformation in urban settings. And in particular, they seek the mutual benefit that can emerge from sharing information and experiences from differing continents and cultures. Perhaps what is most important about this book is that it is not only a clinical dissection of negative histories of identity politics, but also that it offers ways of finding solutions through many different interpretations of diversity. And in this way, we find a greater appreciation of our interdependence as South Africans. I'm very happy that this book ended up as one of my Christmas gifts. Agriculture is not just about farming. 
It's about caring, and that's an ideal worth preserving. It's super fresh, it's super soft, and it makes a meal a treat. It's super sure bread and super sure flour. A proud member of the VKB Group. From breakfast to lunch and even birthday cakes, Supershaw makes the whole family smile. Find Supershaw on Facebook or visit vkb.co.za for more info. VKB, for the love of the land. Thanks, Ivor. Now remember, if you'd like to review a book or perhaps you have a book suggestion of your own, feel free to email us on info at foodformzanzi.co.za. Now, before we let you go, this week's farmer tip comes from Citrus Growers Association CEO, Justin Chadwick, who shares tips to export citrus. If you're going to get into the export game, make sure you get really good partners in with you. Choose good agents. If you're new in the game, get mentored by somebody who's been in the industry for a while. If you're in the citrus industry, there is the CGA Grow Development Company. They have extension specialists that can help you with the technical side because it's very complex technically to get everything right, to get the quality right and to get the pest and disease management right. So use those tools that are at your disposal. And our farmer tip of the week from Citrus Growers Association CEO, Justin Chadwick, brings us to the end of this week's Farmers Inside Track. Proudly brought to you by Food for Mzanzi. For daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists to go above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter. Plus, don't forget to catch our weekly sessions on all things farming on Twitter spaces called Gather to Grow. That's right. And remember, if you love this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. And be sure to also check out our sister's publication called foodforafrica.com for inspiration and news from across the continent. But from me, Duncan Masiwa, Don Nimdu, Nicole Ludov, and our producer, Megan van der Fent, and the rest of Team Food from Zanzi, have a great week. What joins a continent but its continuous flow over mountains, through rivers, in the rhythm of the land? What ignites its future, but the promise to fulfill, to protect and grow, the very life of tomorrow. This is why we do what we do. African Blue Corteva Keep Growing